3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
4: Welcome back to Play Testy. This is episode 34. You might think it's the David Ortiz Big Poppy episode, but it's actually the El Guapo episode. Rich Garcia. <laughs> This is the official podcast of Dog Safe Snow Melting Salt. If you use that, you're the real MVP. My dog's feet are a mess right now because the city of Boston is not using it. So if you use the dog's, Dog Safe Snow Melting Salt, I appreciate you. Also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI, I've got Sammy and Pat with me with me here. we got Coop in the back. We're doing some fan engagement today. We got some uh, voicemails. We got some texts. We got a lot, a lot of stuff from you guys, and we appreciate that. But before we get going, remember, rate us five stars where you're listening. Hit that follower subscribe button, Odyssey app, Apple podcast, Spotify. We're getting the YouTube going. Like we're all over the place. So just hit that subscribe button anywhere and everywhere. Even if you only listen on one, hit that subscribe button everywhere. Get that notification like 10 times. It's great. I've tried it. It's awesome. Big right. We got some awesome. We got some awesome content for you guys today. Sammy, Pat, how you guys doing?
1: <laughs> we had to do that intro like three times for all the listeners out there. I'm like in the background trying not to laugh my head off. What was it? Dog safe snow melting salt.
4: Yes, it's
1: it's the salt. You know how
4: like the they'll put the salt on the streets to melt the snow. They make yeah. they make a brand of that that's. Because if you use the normal salt and you walk your dog on it, the dog's feet get, like, all chapped, like, really chapped lips. But imagine it's on the bottoms of your feet.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that.
4: So, like, there's, there's like, a version of it that's safe for dogs, but, like, the city won't pay for that. So I'm I'm trying to figure out a, a way to walk my dog without ripping up his feet. We just bought him, like, this, like, I think they call it dog bomb. It's basically, like, it's like
1: chapstick for your dog's feet where it's coming tomorrow. We're going to try it. The city of Boston is like having dog-safe snow salt is expensive. Sorry, everyone, not going to happen.
4: We'd rather sell you the city of Boston experience of moving a (laughs) dog's feet salt experience. It's a thing. Oh God. Well, we've got. We 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 reached out on Twitter. We asked you guys to. Give us a call. send some voicemails. We had we had people send voicemails. We asked for texts. People sent us texts. We had a few few people go in the comments. It was uh we were really appreciative to hear from you guys. Uh, I want to bring in Coop. I think uh I think the first one should be one of those texts. And Coop has got a hold of all these things, so maybe uh, we could get Coop in here to read off the first text.
0: I got you guys. I got you. So the first text we got. Do you guys have an opinion? On my theory, and it is madness induced by this off season that was in parentheses folks that all of this is just John Henry mandating that the Red Sox no longer deal with Scott Boris. It explains why the Red Sox aren't in all these guys aren't in on all these guys explains why the market is so low it diminishes Boris's power in the game, perhaps leading to a deadline in the off season and maybe even a salary cap
1: uh. No, no, I don't think that. I don't think that's what's happening. Do we have a name for this person so we can shout them out? No name, no name. All right, friendly stranger. No, I don't think that's happening. That is like if you own a restaurant and you're like, all right, I want to have a five star restaurant, uh, but no steak, no steak at this restaurant. It's just you're you're missing out on the best item. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that would happen. But I totally understand the off season
2: madness. I think we're all going through it. Yeah, I think I don't think he's boycotting Boris. I'm sure he leans one way or the other in terms of whether or not he likes to talk business business with Scott Boris. But at the same, I a little Mike Tyson there. I'm that little list. About
4: to say Mike Tyson. <laughs>
2: uh, but I don't know. I don't think he is trying to send like a, a giant message by not being involved in Montgomery or Snell or those guys. I think it's just more. We'll get into it. I think there's another question addressing spending. But no, I I don't think it's like some subliminal message kind of thing. I think it's just a lack of desire to spend money this year.
4: Yeah, I think you're giving the owner too much credit if you if you try to let him off the hook with that. This is a this is a ownership group in a front office. I know Haim's not here, but the rest of the front office is still here. And they they just paid Yoshida top of the market value last year. Uh top of his market at least. So no, I think they're willing to deal with Boris. I think we're all just frustrated and trying to think of little uh, cop excuses uh, to try to give ourselves a reason why they may not be going after Jordan Montgomery or any of these guys. No, I think they'll go after go, they'll deal with Boris if they if they think they can get a good price. I actually did see something. I forget who it came from online. It could have been that executive burner. Shout out the executive burner if this is from him. If not, I'm sorry. I shouted him out. Right. He said something along the lines of over the years, teams have learned how to deal with Boris and like they realized that when you're dealing with Boris, most of the time you're gambling or you're, sorry, not gambling, you're bidding against yourself. And so teams have realized that you just wait him out because you don't want to bid against yourself. You don't want to keep up in your bid. And eventually the, the market will fall into your lap. We saw it happen with a Boris client, JD Martinez years ago. They played the waiting game on that all off season and it worked. I'm not saying that's what they're doing here. I'd be surprised if that's what they're doing here. I personally just think they don't want to spend. We'll be pleasantly surprised if they do. Do
1: you think, uh, do you think that's uh, – you know how John Heyman is well-known to have Scott Boris's hand deep, deep – Firmly
2: deep. up his rectum?
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much what I was going for. You think that his posturing with, like, I think the Red Sox still yeah. have a move caught up their sleeve. You think that's a Boris yeah. thing? Because that thats that's a theory that I
2: could get behind. Yeah, I I said in the group chat yesterday, I am so out on John Heyman reporting anything oh. regarding the Red Sox. Because, like you said, Scott Boris, I'm not going to call John Heyman a puppet. He just did. But John Heyman sure does say a lot of things that Scott Boris wants him to say while his hands up his ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think the Red Sox, I think, I mean, teams around the league know that historically speaking, they're a big market team. Like, yeah, like they're they will spend money at some point. I I firmly believe that there will be a point in time where they spend again. And I think John Heyman just kind of like dangling that in front of teams, especially in terms of like Montgomery and Snell. They're like, you know, Boston might spend. I think it's just a ploy to drum up interest in money and i i don't think they're at right on literally anybody right now
1: yeah i i think uh <laughs> this is kind of mean but john hayman sounds like uh like his voice sounds like he's transitioning through puberty eternally like he's always kind of like this cracking all the oh, time dude, he's gassed he's always gassed dude he almost, is that man
2: yeah like he's
1: almost gone through puberty but he's still like in the transitional phase where he's still cracking his
2: voice a bit Sammy, can you give yeah. me a homie, like a Marge Simpson? Homie, that was <laughs> that was. You pretty sounded funny. a
1: little. You sounded like one of the sisters, Patty or Uma. That's who you sounded
4: oh, yeah. like. <laughs> I
2: don't
1: think I've ever. I don't think I've ever done that voice. I'm pretty decent with these like imitation things, but like, you're damn. very good with the imitation. Yeah, no, that does sound more like the sisters. Anyway, sorry. T- Next question. Okay. I'll go with the next question.
4: It'll be one of the com- or the Twitter comments. This is from our boy Justin. Uh, he wanted to know what our best interpretation of what Tom Werner means by the Fenway experience is. And then he's got part 2, wants to know which prospect we are most high on and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a member of the big 3. So, let's let's start with the first one. Let's start with the Werner Fenway experience thing. What like what are your, what are your guys' interpretations when Tom Werner says that?
1: I mean, Fuck you. Is my... <laughs> <laughs> the Fenway experience, we've all, been, I mean, okay, I'll speak for myself. I've been to Fenway probably like 300 times. It's lovely. But like, I consider myself a hardcore fan. We do this podcast three times a week. I like the Fenway experience, but I'm far past that point. That said, there is a huge market for you know casual fans or people coming in from out of town. We sometimes lose sight of the fact that Fenway is a legitimate landmark in the world, not just the U S in the world. So I get what he's saying,
2: but yeah, fuck you, Tom. Yeah. I interpret that as like Sammy said, a fuck you to the fans who actually care (laughs) because the Fenway experience is nothing special to those of us who have been at Fenway hundreds of times. That remark just means like, Oh, like we're playing to our audience of people who haven't been here before or don't give a shit. And like, how you're not going to sell out games with Taurus every 81 games. It's not going to happen. Sure. You'll get a couple hundred more people in the stands in the summertime, especially when it's nice out and whatever, but no, it's incredibly disrespectful to the fans who actually care about the team and go to a bunch of games that you're now selling the Fenway experience. We've experienced it all of our lives. We're used to it. (laughs) We want to experience a good baseball team. That'd be sick in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead.
4: No, I, I was just going to agree with you, Pat, like the Fenway experience thing, it's, it's very much not directed. Like if you're listening to this show, the Fenway experience thing is not directed at you. It's directed towards people who want to take their families to a game and, you know, buy them hot dogs and, you know, just enjoy a summer day at ballpark and like outcomes that matter. But you know what, we get to go and we'll hear Sweet Caroline in the eighth inning and we'll stand up for the seventh inning stretch and we'll take pictures of the kids with Wally. like. Right, and then it's also the college kids will sell them cheap tickets, so they go to the ballpark and use their parents' credit cards to buy six beers a pop and get hundreds of dollars out of their pocket that way. Like the family experience, Tom Werner says it isn't wins and losses. It's not your position in the standings. It's it's just going to the ballpark and having a jolly old time, regardless of the outcome. That that's
1: the experience they're selling. But yeah, you, go, what do you got what you got. I can't do that when the Red Sox are like nine games out and this happened to me last year, a few times I'm like going with like friends and family and stuff. And I'm trying to be in a good mood. Cause we're at Fenway and it's at a baseball game and everything. And I'm just so pissed. I'm just watching them lose five, nothing to friggin' Baltimore or Toronto or something. And they're falling more and more out of the playoff race. And our percentage is down to 0.3 now. And everyone's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> we Caroline, but, and I'm just miserable. So, I love the Fenway experience, but it has to be more than just that. So, oh yeah,
4: for for us, for the for the four of us, and if you're listening to this show, no, the the Fenway experience they're selling is not for yeah. you. They're not selling take tick- with you in mind.
1: Yeah, um, as far as the prospect question, oh true. Uh, I about I'll stay away from the big three just because I feel like everyone we all know who those three are. Uh, I'm going to go with Miguel Blase. That's a guy I'm super, super high on. He, probably after Kyle Teal, is my most quote-unquote untouchable, even though I don't like that word. Uh, And I say that because he's so young. He's coming off of a lost season. He's not even close to realizing his potential in terms of how good he is at baseball, as well as how valuable he is in a trade. He hits for power. He's fast. He has a good arm. He plays center field athletic as hell. He's 19 years old, 6 feet tall. You have to assume he's going to grow a little bit more because he's still so young. I'm super high on Miguel Blaze. Also, cool name, Blaze. So, <laughs> Blaze in with Miguel. I'm uh, I'm all aboard that train. I hope he has a huge bounce back year. He gives me, and this is a huge reach. Huge Don't say reach. it. Don't say it. Who do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say Ronald Acuna. No, no. Close. Oh okay okay no 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 wow you're both wrong julio rodriguez i was gonna say same batting stance okay both athletic uh julio's a bit bigger and i think uh but you know like i said blaze might grow but yeah if you look at their their batting stances and swings side by side super similar so can you imagine getting a julio rodriguez type (laughs) do you remember last year uh at the for the international signing
4: period, the Sox were like lined up with this agreement with this guy who like the one comp they gave was was J-Rod was Julio Rodriguez. And then the deal falls apart and he goes to the Royals. We have to keep an eye on that guy. I forget his name. I'll have to figure that out. They lost a the guy yeah. to the Royals who who they comped to j rod and I was like,
1: oh my God. Yeah, people uh, pat people think out about uh comps. Like I've seen a new trend. People saying, like, I don't like to do the minor league comps. I think they're fun. Ah, like, come like, on. Like, like, just, just do mind wander. And it's not like like, people say, like, you're putting pressure on the minor leaguers. Look, if you can't handle the pressure of some moron like me comparing you to a different player, it's going to be very tough to play in the major league. So, uh, yeah, that's my guy, Miguel Blaze. Very long answer. They sat those
4: guys up on stage. They sat four of their top prospects on stage and had them answer questions in front of a crowd of people that was streamed to Red Sox fans all across the country. Like, screw the Like, they can handle a comp, okay? Yeah. Pat, who do you got? Who's
2: your Who's your guy? Um, staying away from the big three. Um, I'm a really big Henry Owens guy. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I like Yo Ellen uh, Yoellen Uh, he was an international signee last year, I believe. Sox prospects has him already top ten in the system. Uh, five nine shortstop, really good bat to ball skills. Um. Yeah, international guys always interest me. Yeah, I feel like they're so hit or miss, but the ones that hit really hit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he does in a full year of uh minor league ball. That, that's my guy, you all in Cespedes.
4: So I'm not gonna stay away from the big three here.
2: He said he said you could.
4: He didn't say you had to, so I'm not gonna. The Red Sox drafted Marcelo Meyer with the fourth overall pick in the draft a couple years ago, and pretty much since then have said without saying it that this guy is going to be the savior of this organization and every move that they have made since then has been basically pushing this guy as that savior and yeah Roman anthony had a way better year last year and to be honest with you he may end up being the better player he's been higher on some of these prospect lists i know he was higher on kylie mcdaniels he was not higher on pipeline he was not higher on Baseball America, if I'm not mistaken, but was higher on Baseball Perspectives. Got that? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Marcelo Meyer here. Like, it's pretty tough as a prospect to have a year like he did last year, where he basically, like, if you just look at it on the surface, he got promoted to Double A and then struggled. He struggled because he got hurt. He hurt himself sliding into a base and tried to play through it, and it just didn't work. And then he was shut down for the season. Never got a chance to play after that. This is a big year for the kid. He's gonna, in all likelihood, start the season in Double A. He's fully healthy, so we believe. Like we'll see, we'll see in spring training how it how he looks and things he does, and if he, if they use him like he's fully healthy. Uh, but we'll see him start the season likely in Double A, and I'm excited to to see what we've got there because if all things go right for him, for Anthony, for Till, they have big years. Don't rule out seeing them by the end of the season. I wouldn't count on it, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Who's your comp? Coop? Comp, comp. Uh Honus Wagner. Uh Coop.
5: <laughs> wow. Hell yeah. Honus. Coop, you Coop, you got a voicemail for us? I, I Hello? Want the VM. Yeah, what's up boys? Uh it's Murph from Whitman here, home of the chocolate chip cookie. Um, see I know you four boys, you're all relatively smart. Uh sometimes, you know, Pat needs a little boost, but you know, you're all smart guys, so I know that you guys know we should be abolishing the D.H. And uh, for the sake of pitchers hitting, you know, you have Shohei Ohtani, Zach Ranky's a great batter, uh, Wes Ferrell in the 40s, Babe Ruth before that. There's a long lineage of pitchers absolutely raking. Rick Porcello. Um, so I was hoping maybe you guys could explain to the rest of the audience uh, why the DH should be abolished and why pitchers should be allowed to hit because pitchers are athletes. They are. If you watch them golf, they are athletes. Um, yeah. I'll hang up and listen. They are the
1: best golfers.
2: Do you want me to address this one first? Yeah.
1: Go go ahead.
2: Okay. Uh, so this is me and Coop's friend Murph. I have known Murph since I was four. Uh, we played high school baseball together. Um, Is he a DH? Uh, you would think so. Uh, we pitched together. Murph was very, very good pitcher. Um, begged that coach to get at bats was denied every single time. Cause he couldn't hit. And since then he has died on the Hill, that pitchers are athletes. And we should abolish the DH. So that's where that comes from. Um, the pitchers are athletes. I will die on that Hill. They are athletes. They feel the position well. You guys, guys, Greg Maddox, I think won what fourteen gold gloves, something like that. Uh, they shouldn't hit. They shouldn't be allowed to hit. <laughs> They're athletes. They should win gold gloves. They should not hit. No,
1: no. Hey, how how do you? I assume Murph is a Red Sox fan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you watch the Red Sox with David Ortiz for four billion years? cranking home run after home run after home run clutch hit boom 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 and say yeah let's get rid of this fuck that man jd martinez too comes in boom world series dh no way i hate that i do david like- played
0: first base in the world series now
1: oh true true positional versatility i forgot Come on about now. That. can you imagine if he played third um but anyway yeah no I, I i don't like that i think that pitchers should have the option to hit and like you got the DH is optional, which is kind of how it goes now with the Shohei rules. Uh, but no, no, don't abolish the DH. I like seeing yoked, out of shape dudes launch 500 foot bombs. That's fun. I want like like Jorge Soler. Imagine the Red Sox sign him, and he's hitting 450 <laughs> foot bombs onto the Mass Pike. I'm not. I'm not sad that we're not seeing you know our boy Chris Murphy hitting. I want to keep him healthy. So yeah, I think well, the Chris DH Murphy can hit though. Chris he Murphy will tell you he can hit. He could, but I'd rather him healthy to pitch. So let's keep the DHs hitting and the pitches pitching. I've got a take. I feel like this is I'm the
4: only one with this take because most people agree with you guys that they that shouldn't hit. And then there's a subset of people that think the pitchers should hit. I liked it the way that it was. Give us the DHs and the NL. Like, we can have our pitchers hitting up there. Like, our Bartolo Colones can go swing. And uh, and their helmets can come off, and we can watch the Red Sox go to Nat Park and Rick Selk get three doubles, and the World Series will, will go to Colorado and dice skate will drive in runs. Like, I don't want to watch it every day. It's not a good product to watch every day, but I'm not watching NL teams every day. I'm watching my AL team every day. So, yes, let the Red Sox have DHs, and we can watch the highlights in the morning of all the NL pitchers striking out and hitting, like, pop-ups to, I don't know, Whatever how the they did over there, like that was enjoyable. I, I liked I like the pitchers being in the NL.
1: That's such a that's such an AL fan take because then like you get to the World Series and the Red Sox they're playing the Cardinals and the Red Sox DH has forty five home runs. The Cardinals DH is a guy who comes off the bench most of the time. It's so unfair, but hey, I mean I'm down. It benefits the Red Sox, so let's do it. Let's go back in retrospect.
2: Yeah. How that's so weird that they just had the two Luke's playing by essentially like different rules. That's Completely so weird. You know, you know what's even weirder than that? And I can't
1: I feel like when we're like 50 years old and all have we'll all have beautiful children by then, we'll be like, Do you know that the all-star game used to determine home field advantage in the World of Bring that back.
0: That's hold on, I got a question for you guys. We're speaking about the duality of the American League and NL League. Do you think it was more fun when you never really saw NL teams? Yes. Like, no, I like this. I've seen them. I, I don't know. I like getting to like the All Star game and being like, oh, well, now I get to see, you know, Tanner Houck get a dingy hit off of him by Shohei Otani. Tanner Houck's making insane. the All Star game. Just T- Tanner Houck's on
4: the All
1: Star team now. Let's go, Coop. Coop, it was cool when, like, with the old schedule, when there would be interleague games, but. I get how for for like most fans they'd rather see their team play all the other. Yeah, teams. I
0: mean like that is the benefit now. Where, I mean, it sucks seeing Dodger Stadium or Fenway Park get filled with Dodger fans, but I, I, it kind of made it special. Like when like the
2: Dodgers would visit every like five to eight years. Yeah, that was the best though. Like the novelty of interleague play week, like that was awesome. Like when you that see
1: matchups, like I saw the weirdest one. It was, was the Dodgers, Red Sox, Reds. Dodgers, Dodgers at Rays. I remember, remember how that. pumped was, you'd what? get
0: whenever you saw like the Pirates get put on the Red Sox schedule. Oh my God! Oh, that's fire. A slate of wins right
1: there. <laughs> oh shit! And then and then they tried to do those uh, quote unquote natural rivalries where it's like Red Sox got to play the Braves every year because the Braves hundred years ago were in Boston. Thrilling. <laughs> Everyone's dead who was alive during that period, but we'll bring it back. Great job, baseball. All right, Coop, you got a text for us.
4: Bring yourself back. I, I want you to read a text for us.
3: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
0: Hold on. God, God damn it. Pat uh, say, All right, here we go. No name again. People, put your names on these things. Be proud of your questions. Um, hi, I just read in the San Diego newspaper that the Padres Fan Fest is scheduled for March 24th. Very topical to Boston. Admission to Fan Fest is free. I just paid $95 to attend Red Sox winter weekend. Thoughts? Wait, when is it? Uh, Padres is March 24th.
1: Well, that's like what they're it's having. Going to be, it's, there's gonna be no players there. No. There isn't that like yeah.
4: right before opening day. Isn't Mark, like that? Might be like right after the last spring training game. Yeah, or, I was like, gonna right say
0: before. in there also, like Arizona League is not that far from san diego that's not going
1: to be that much of a difficulty yeah but but the players aren't gonna it's not gonna be like red Sox where you got the players like having beers with the fans and shit i mean i'm sure it's cool it looked cool last year they open up they
0: from what i know they open up the stadium and the players do like q a's from like the dugout in front of everyone Uh, i'm not sure if they do anything else as far as like mingling but i saw like pictures of xander with people last year
2: that's That's just gonna say is it's free
1: because it's at it's at what? Sorry, we're reacting to Joel Embiid tearing his meniscus. Wow, that's big news. Celtics oh, in three. Um,
2: sorry, that threw me off. Uh Well, that's why it's three. <laughs> they're they they're at Petco Park. Like, they don't need to really – I mean, they need to have a head count, but at the same time, like, that whole area is just kind of free reign. So it, you can't really charge on the area around Petco where the Sox and other teams have it as – like remote destinations, like yeah, you you have to pay. So they have a head count, and like all that good stuff. I mean, it, like it makes sense. Should it be free or cheaper than ninety five bucks? Yeah, but that's why San Diego's is free. It's just that whole area surrounding Petco. You can't gatekeep the entire surrounding vicinity of Petco Park.
4: Can I say something? It's the same thing as it is with the with the tickets. It's supply and demand. If they can if they can get a bunch of people to pay a hundred bucks to come to their fan fest, they will do that. They have every right to do that. You're paying for it.
0: So they're gonna so do it. Dodgers, I just did the research. Dodgers also at Dodger Stadium tickets are ten dollars. They're sold out, but
1: they do have VIP experience tickets available still.
0: Oh, That's February
1: third. Yeah. We'd have to know the details of like what goes on at these things to really compare. But Gordo, you made a good point. I think people don't realize that San Diego is a tiny, tiny market. You're right next to like Arizona and LA. So you're kind of like squished in there. You don't really, they don't have a big fan base. So if they put a high price on it, like the Red Sox do, they might get kind of a, a not so good uh, showing from the fans. So no. if mean, they could yeah. charge for it, if they could make money off it, they would. If they yeah, thought they it, could make money. They, they probably be. have like a VIP kind of uh, experience thing as well, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that would never happen in Boston. You have This is like a rabid market. Of course, people are going to pay to go. We all did. So, yeah, no, that's a – I like this question. Very thoughtful. All right, I'm going to read off the, uh, another uh, comment
4: one. This is from Cal. Quote, this one says, pretty fed up right now as a lifelong fan, but still I can't and never will quit on the Sox. With the last few years being incredibly frustrating and little to no hope for FSG, what would it ultimately take for you to turn in your fandom, if ever? Which team would you support? I could take this one first because this is actually, this is a weirdly an easy one for me. First of all, there's nothing that could ever happen. Like, I, I get it that they're, like, pissed us off royally right now and, like, the whole offseason sucks and, like, the FSG experience of the, the past, honestly, several years at this point sucks. I I can't imagine anything. That would make me turn in my Red Sox fandom. It, it could never happen, like literally on any planet. Like it's literally a part of who I am as a person. It's my personality. This has been who I have been since I developed a personality as a kid. I at four years old, I became a Red Sox fan, and I I've never gone back on that. I've never not, I've never like had like a season where I didn't watch that many games. Like this is just who I am as a person. That said, I do I do have an answer. For which team I would support if it if, if I couldn't support the Red Sox. If they abolished the Red Sox, if the team just disappeared, I'd be a Washington Nationals fan. All right. My name is Nat Gordon. They are the Nats. They at their ballpark, they sell Nats dogs. <clears throat> and I went to school in DC too, so like I got to go to a bunch of their games. Like I know the area well, like all that stuff. But like,
6: flipping my team,
1: my dogs. What about you guys? What do you got? Yeah. Uh, I like, <clears throat> can you repeat the question? I want to make sure I answer it like exactly as it was asked.
4: Okay. It, it's really asking, what would it take for you to turn in your Red Sox fandom if ever? And what team would you support if you did?
1: Uh, I, I literally can't. I, I don't think I can convince my brain to not care. Like I've been a psychotic fan, for, like same as Gordo forever. It would, I would have to get like some traumatic brain thing that erases my memory and then I would have to find a new team that I vibe with with my new brain. Um, but to answer the second part of the question, I guess, um, I guess the Mariners' girlfriend's from Seattle, so that's so the right I, answer for you. That's my boring answer, but yeah, that's I, I would I would probably be a Mariners guy, which is it's the right answer. That's also a,
4: that's like a fun. Or, I mean, I get that like their fans are what like yeah. they don't like no. what they do all the time. No. But they're a fun team. That the Mariners no. are always right fun now. in my mind.
1: Right now, dude, you go to Seattle. <laughs> Talk, you complain about the Red Sox out there. They're like, Oh, you want to know about pain? Let us tell you. <laughs> <what pain is." laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's my answer. I can't make my brain not care about the Red Sox and Fenway and everything. And I think that's because I don't look at them as like John Henry, Tom Warner, Sam Kennedy. To me, the Red Sox are an entity and those are the guys who currently own it. They're not going to own it forever. It, it'll move on to someone else. But like the, the Red Sox as an entity will always be there uh, as long as I'm alive, at least. So, uh, Doesn't
4: it also like in in the off season, we focus so much on the John Henry, Tom Werner, Sam Kennedy, Craig Breslow. Like that's the Red Sox. But in the regular season, that's not the Red Sox. Like you look at the guys in uniform and those guys, you see them in your home so many times. It's honestly, it honestly feels like they're like buddy old pals of yours because you're, they're literally just sitting, sitting, living room playing a game
2: every day. But you got Pat on
4: this. Yeah. Anything. Is there
2: anything? I'm with Gordo. I think the franchise would literally have to absolve and like just cease to exist for me to really not be a fan. Uh, That being said, I I have two different answers. If the Red Sox just sucked, sucked so, so bad, I would still be a fan. I would probably pay and I pay like a ton of attention to like the entire league. I would really make it a point to watch good baseball games. Like I would tune into like the Dodgers Braves. I would tune into the Astros Rangers. Like I would tune into better games, but I would still be a diehard Sox fan. If the Red Sox were completely absolved, I think I would hitch my wagon to the Chicago Cubs. I don't know why I always just have, I have a soft spot for Chicago Cubs.
4: I kind of like that answer. It's kind of, that's kind of the one organization that feels the most similar to the Red Sox. Exactly. I think that's what it is. Have you guys been to Wrigley? No. Yeah. Last year I went for the first time. It's awesome.
1: So I went, yeah, I went, it is awesome. It's not Fenway. No, it's not, but it's, it's, you feel like the area around Wrigley, do you guys, Oh, did you go to sluggers? Yes. With the back. So for anyone listening, if you've never been to uh, Wrigley, Sluggers. Sluggers is a bar in Wrigleyville, which is like a little village, kind of like what the Red Sox are working on right now, Fenway Corners. And it's basically a bar with a batting cage. And that kind of says it all. It's an unbelievable, has to be a big liability, but a great idea nonetheless. Uh, so if you're ever in Chicago, go to a Cubs game and go to Sluggers. It is an awesome time. And you realize how hard hitting is when you have like just a beer. It just gets so much harder. So yeah, big big shout out to Sluggers and I like Wrigley. It was really nice. I just can't I can't put it over Fenway, but I'm not a good person to ask. Bias. All
4: right. Uh, Coop has a tweet. Coop, you want to bring up that tweet?
0: Yeah. So I just wanted your reaction based on this. I just saw this on the, on the timeline. <laughs> <All>
6: right. <laughs> I'm not sure listeners. if you guys caught this. Uh,
0: for, those, for those listening, uh, Jared Krobs just posted a picture from Costco. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, teams like the Tampa Bay Rays have done this. Uh, I think I've seen the, the Yankees, I believe, did this last year as well. Uh, but yeah, you can now buy Red Sox pack tickets at Costco. Um,
1: That's so bad. Man.
0: That's I so have,
2: cringe. That's cringy as hell. Ugh. So my dad worked at Costco for, I don't know, like 20 years. Uh, oh, my God. How am I just learning this? Just Just to reference this. Um, there was a point in time, this just goes to show how broke the Red Sox are acting right now. Um, the only team who used to do that was the San Diego Padres. And that was after they traded Adrian Gonzalez. Like the star of that team was Andrew Kashner and they were selling tickets at Costco. This is broke boy shit. I,
4: it is, but like, I have such a love for Costco. I like Costco's the best. Yes, Costco. the Red Sox should not have to sell tickets at Costco. That's ridiculous. They should, you know they, used to, they used to sell out every game, and now they're selling tickets at Costco.
1: Do you think they would still, like, like, serious question. Do you think they would be doing this if they signed Montgomery and Solaire? Let's just use them because they're the two guys remaining. Yes. Those aren't exactly, like, sexy names to casual fans.
0: I think if you spend the way that you promised, you know, season ticket holders how you were going to spend, then, yeah. I, I don't think this happens. I, I like we were getting emails almost every day throughout January. If you had bought a ticket at one point from um, MLB.com that was coming from the Red Sox begging people like ourselves to buy tickets. Uh, so I think if you actually go out and you spend before it gets too late, it doesn't get to this point. I think if you sign Montgomery, like beginning of
1: January, you don't see this. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know if you're right or wrong, but. No debate for me. It's, uh, the I, think, I think you'd see it.
4: I think you'd see it just because I, I like you said, Sammy, I don't think any of the guys, maybe if they got Otani, you wouldn't see it. Like all these other guys, like, yeah, to us, they're huge names, but like to so many people that are in the market for these tickets that they're trying to sell to, it's just another guy.
1: Oh but, yeah. We talked about that with Sean McAdam. Like what would happen had they signed Otani? Oh my God. It's like a seismic shift. So I agree with you there. Yeah. That's, It's sad, and and it really reflects where we're at as, like, a fan base and a team. Like, the interest is just waning every day.
4: Coop, you got another voicemail for us?
3: What's up, fellas? How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing well. I know Red Sox ownership isn't, but that's okay. This is Tommy. I think you might know me a little bit from Twitter. I've interacted with you guys. What are we doing Uh, like what are the Red Sox actually doing like you just think back like trade deadline you could have traded Turner you you chose not to and that's fine but you held on to him and now you showed no interest in wanting to sign him and now he's with Toronto and you kind of have no signs of pitching coming in and what are you doing with the DH are you signing Soler are you doing this DH by committee? Like, what are you doing with the outfield? Are you going to make your sheet a permanent DH, or are you just going to try out O'Neal, Duran, and Abreu in the outfield? I'm kind of just at a loss for words, and I don't really know where uh, what they're going to do and where this is going. And we'd kind of love to see you know, your thoughts on the the recent situation, at least, because I think we all are pretty crystal clear on the fact that pitching is not coming. And if so, it's going to be extremely minor. I hope you fellas have a great rest of your week and go Red Sox.
1: Yeah, so shout out Tommy B, TJ Bennett, 37 on, uh, sorry, that's TJ Bennett with three T's, 37 on Twitter, uh, fan of the show. Appreciate you, Tommy. Uh, My answer, I'm I'm sticking with my Montgomery uh, kind of tinfoil hat delusional fan theory. I think they're going to sign Montgomery. I think they're going to wait him out till like two weeks from now, maybe it's going to take a long time. And I think he's going to fall into the Red Sox lap. I don't think ownership should get that much credit for it. Cause it's like, a like I said last week, it's like a broken clock being right twice a day. So yeah, that's, that's what I think the plan, if you even want to call it a plan, That's the direction I think they're headed. I think they're going to have Montgomery fall into their laps. As for the DH, I think they're either going to sign Duvall, which is super lame, or they're just going to go with the guys they have and maybe have like a rotation or something with like O'Neill in left, Duran in center, Abreu in right, Yoshida DH most of the time. But sometimes O'Neill gets a day off his feet because he's got injury concerns. I don't really know who the backup center fielder would be, Ref Snyder, but I guess, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I think they're doing, and that's with a confidence percentage of like two,
2: uh, all things considered. So there you go. Um, I think what they end up doing so there's adding on the margins, and then there's I don't even know what it's called, but even less than adding on the margins is what I think they'll end up doing. I will die on the hill that this offseason, that there will be two more moves. Adam Duvall will be re-signed, and Jacob Junis will be the other starter we sign.
1: Damn, Pat, you've died on two hills today.
2: I know. You're dead as hell. A corpse. Corpse,
1: mode.
4: Yeah. I I don't think they're done making moves. I just don't, like... I wish I wish I could be on that same train and as you, Sammy, and and still be hoping for Jordan Montgomery and for Jorge Soler. I know Bob Nightingale recently said that he thinks the Red Sox are gonna sign Soler in a Predictions article. So like obviously you can hold out hope there if you want it. What do I think they'll do? I think they do end up making a trade for a pitcher. I don't think it's gonna be a pitcher that's as good as the guy we would like to see them trade for. Like y'all wanted to see the trade for like a Jesus Lazardo and I don't think it's going to be that like maybe maybe they swing a, a trade for an Edward Cabrera maybe the Yankees get that one done I've seen some Yankees stuff with the Marlins and I hope that doesn't happen but I, don't, I, don't, I don't, don't think I've there's a, there's a few
1: guys like say I, that, I don't say think Lizardo hasn't crossed my mind in like a month at this point Same. I was so high on that idea like they can do it they can trade for Lizardo that, yeah, I agree with you. It's probably going to be, like, your boy. I love how much you love Edward Cabrera, by the way, Gordo. If the Red Sox get him, he's forever going to be tied to you. That's going to be, like, your guy.
4: To be yeah, like Chris I, I tend to agree. I think Edward – if Edward comes to Boston, it'll be a budding bromance. It'll it'll be a full-on bromance
1: by the end of year one. The
4: budding bromance develop. That's what, that's what we and get out they of it. Signed, but I don't even know if it'll
1: covered. be a man. You you gotta also if you if you trade for Edward Cabrera you gotta get Harold Ramirez so we get Harold and Edward and we're Maybe the will, team in the league that'll be it.
4: that'll be the DH and pitcher move okay fine you've got my official prediction Edward and Harold that will be your move what's is Tommy Tommy
1: Bennett Tommy Bennett kid well he's not Tommy from, he, he's uh North or South Carolina I forget which one but he uh, he has a really Boston name which is funny Tommy Bennett.
4: Tommy right. Bennett, dude, I remember him.
1: He's also from Whitman.
4: <laughs> All right, Coop, do we uh we got a text up? Coop will bring in this. Yep.
0: Tips. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so this is going to be a bit of a visual one. Uh, let me bring this in real quick. Uh, we got our good friend, Wally. Not to die. Oh, oh, no.
4: Oh, oh Coop just. just uh, so we got some good fr- uh,
0: pictures of Wally here. <laughs> A question for the pod. Does Wally have eyebrows? Uh we got a plush toy here. It uh not really sure what's going on with the hairline there or if it's eyebrows kind of covering both. Here, I would say that's hair. Uh that looks like bushy eyebrows. That looks like eyebrows where it's the Wally mascot in person. So it it really is.
1: I Where think you, you got you, you to defer to the actual mascot, right? Yes. Because that's actual Wally. So I'd go, can you?
4: Yeah. I'll, I have a very firm answer on this. Okay. I have I a very
1: good analogy. I'll go last. My
4: time. my firm answer is that it's eyebrows and not hair. Because I want you to think if you, and I get that he's not a human, he's a green monster. But I want you to think if you've ever seen some balding, not, not all the way bald, but they're balding and the hair that they have left on their head is in the front. That has never happened in the history of balding people. It is always in the back and the sides. If you've got if you're hanging on for dear life with your hair, it's the back and the sides and the top of the front goes. With Wally, if that orange fuzz is hair, then he's balding or he's bald in the back side and top, but he has hair in the front. No chance. It's eyebrows.
2: Sammy?
1: Yeah, no. I'm just, I'm just gonna stick with my original answer. I'm deferring to the actual mascot itself, which to me looks like eyebrows. So I'll say yes. He's a eyebrowed man monster guy.
2: I think the orange is his head of hair. However, I do think he has eyebrows. I think it's kind of like Pablo Sandoval's muscles, where they're just hiding under a bunch of shit. I think he does have eyebrows. You just can't see them all that well. But I'm going to go yes. I I concur. Wally does have eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's
1: different ways to depict Wally, as we've seen in the, the message. Uh, thank you for including the photos with that. But yeah, I think you have to abide by the original guy. That is Wally himself. So. Eyebrows. I've never thought of this before. This is so weird. This is why I like when we get the questions. That's 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 a good one. I'm kind of freaked out thinking about Wally's eyebrows, though. To be honest.
4: All right. I think we got. I think we got time for one more voicemail. I I think we should play one more voicemail. Yeah, let's and, then, go. Uh, and then and then we'll put enough stuff after this. Will be this will be fun. We'll hear one more. And then uh, we can save all the extras for for the next time we do this, or we can ask for new ones. But. Let's get Coop in here to to play this.
1: It's coming. We promise. Tension is building.
6: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is GMAG Mag or uh, Boner Jam Three on Twitter. <laughs> um, if you know where that's from, that's awesome. Anyway. Um, Okay, so I'm kind of concerned about Alex Cora. I know Craig Breslow, well, he didn't really, I don't know if he said this directly, but I know there's talk that he wants to see how he manages the team in the upcoming season. But personally, I really don't know why you would have to see that. I mean, I get it, like, I don't know, three out of four last place finishes, you can blame time or whatever the fuck if you want. Or you can place blame on whoever, but I don't know. I just don't think Alex Cora needs to have his, uh, what's the word? I don't think he needs to be observed in another season. I feel like he's good enough to warrant an extension because you, you see how he performs with a good team. And, you know, it's not all on one person that, um, that's not all on one person to put that team together. You know, there's, so it's a whole shit. you know, like it's not just one person doing the thing. Anyway, yeah. So you can see what Alex does with the team, with a good team anyway. Leads you to a World Series, obviously, first year, 2021, good team. Leads you to the ALCS. And... I don't know. I think he's he has a really good relationship with the players. And I
1: Okay, that, that, that one was long, so we had to cut it. But that was, I think we get the gist of it. Um, my response would be, that's. I'm not really looking at it as if, is Cora worthy or not? I think we all agree he's a good manager. Yes, the three or four of us here, we agree. Yeah, I, right? I think it's a matter of, like, does he want to be here? Because I'm pretty sure the Dodgers – are going to have a managerial opening likely after this year and i could not fathom as much as i love the red sox choose this mess of an ownership and this middling roster over the freaking dodgers it's like the Monstars. so um yeah i think it's what it's whether or not cora wants to be here not whether the red sox want him because he's a good manager and and if he leaves especially after like the Craig council contract where he cashed in. Cora is going to make a lot of money and we know how the Red Sox are with money. They don't like to spend it on baseball. They love (laughs) to spend it on golf, but, uh, but not baseball. And unfortunately Alex Cora is a baseball manager, not a golf manager. So yeah, I I, I think he's gone after this year. Uh, They're probably going to finish in last place if things don't change again. So three last place finishes in a row, four out of five years. Why would you want to be here? I wouldn't. So that's my answer. You know, Sammy, I think I agree. If he were a caddy, they would be paying him 50 mil by now, maybe 60
4: for a caddy. Yeah. And if he if he could drive like Happy Gilmore to like 500 yards, yeah, he'd, he'd be extended by now. No, but in all seriousness, I, I really – I got a little bit more optimistic about the chorus stuff after listening to Ken Rosenthal on the Fenway Rundown with Chris Cotillo uh, cause catillo has been pretty uh, pretty skeptical about the prospects of Cora returning with the theory being if they're in last place, uh, good shop. Resla wants to go with his own guy. Maybe he doesn't want a, a manager who's finished in last place three times in a row. And if they're really good, then Cora just took this team that didn't spend any money with low vibes and he took them to the postseason. That's a guy who could get a huge sum of cash in free agency. So like in theory, both directions could signal an exit for Cora. But Rosenthal talked a little bit about the loyalty that Alex Cora certainly does still feel towards this ownership group who gave him another chance after the Houston Astros scandal. He was suspended for a year. They let him go. They didn't have to rehire him. They did because they did a good job. And I think he, but Rosenthal certainly thinks that Cora is going to always feel a sense of loyalty to them for that reason. The fact of the matter here is it takes two sides wanting to get a deal done in a given moment for a deal to get done. And I think it's not that surprising that there's some hesitancy potentially from either side because Core just saw Craig Council get a zillion dollars, what was it? Like 8 million a year for 5 years, so 40 million total in yeah. manager free agency and then Breslow gets hired and he has not gotten a chance to see how his working relationship is with Alex Core during a season. Like I think it's fair that both sides maybe feel that it's best to to wait it out as fans. Ah, yeah, we want this guy like here for the long haul. Alex Core is a great manager. I think most like, over 90% of Red Sox fans would agree that Alex Core is at least a really good manager. So like we all want to see it, but you know we saw that there, that his work relationship behind Bloom wasn't great. Fact of the matter is he'd be a great manager, but you got to be on the same page with the front office. So I want Alex Corr here. I hope they want Alex Core here, but in the end, I'm not all that surprised that an extension hasn't gotten done. I would be surprised if one got done before the season started. Uh, hope it does, but I'd be surprised.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of stock that should go into the working relationship because if they do give him Craig council money, season rolls around, Breslau likes to operate one way, Cora wants them to do something that Breslow doesn't feel like is necessary or move, then you're in a dilemma. Like, you you have two guys kind of button heads for the next five years. That being said, I don't see a world where that happens. But at the same time, I don't think it's crazy. If Cora leaves, I'm throwing it out there now. If Cora leaves, I think Breslow looks to a friend he had in Chicago in his old battery mate, David Ross, to take the reins. No, it's going to be probably.
4: Wait, who did I say? Who did I say would be the, the manager? I said, who did I say would be the manager? I said something. It was, it was during the Papelbon episode. What the hell did I say?
1: Um, yeah, you did. I can't remember. But I can't remember. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Dude, I agree me. with you, Pat.
4: David Ross would be
1: would be like an obvious, technological <laughs> candidate. It's gonna be Papelbon. Can you imagine if Pap was the fucking manager? <laughs> oh, you said it was Andrew Bailey.
4: No, I said something stupid. It was stupid. Oh. Andrew Bailey.
1: Andrew Bailey actually like in theory could do it, but I feel like uh, I said something stupid. I feel like Kenley Jansen will be a pitching coach someday. So my weird take, weird take of the day. Kenley. The All
4: right, guy. Kenley Jansen pitches for the Red Sox this year. Doesn't get traded. His arm falls off. Has to transition out of the game as a player. Comes back pitching coach for Andrew Bailey, who takes
1: over as manager for Alex Cora. You heard it here first. Yep. And then they both go to the Dodgers. <laughs> oh god all right uh that
4: we are uh past the 50 minute so uh we're gonna have to cut off the uh fan questions there but we will certainly be doing this again like we love the back episodes like these are a blast we these love are fan fun. engagement these are really like, fun couple of, these is yeah these are some of my favorite episodes that we've done so i i, I hope we keep doing them well we certainly will uh but on on to some enough said for uh, the rest of this one sammy you want to go first on this one
1: Yes, I will go first. Um, Chris Murphy, on our last episode, was discussing how uh, Boston fans were crazy. And he thinks it's cool that we're all like one fan base with four sports. Uh, Red Sox, of course. Celtics, Bruins, Patriots. It's all the same people. And a video surfaced of those people, uh, Celtics fan mode. And it was um, Buddy Heald of the uh, Pacers. He was asking Aaron Neesmith during a timeout. So Neesmith used to play on the Celtics, if you're not aware. And he said, are the Celtics pumping in crowd noise? It's insanely loud in here. And Neesmith was like, no, it's always like this. This is Boston fans. Crazy. So just wanted to give a shout out to Boston fans. Hang in there. It's it's bad for the Red Sox right now. Luckily, the Bs and Cs are cooking and the uh, Patriots have a high draft pick so every other team other than the
3: mm-hmm.
1: Red Sox are trending up so yeah keep your heads up everybody I didn't see that video Sammy
4: that is so freaking awesome i love that
1: nothing matches
4: up, the TD Garden yeah. when the Celtics are good in like a close game because it doesn't matter like the Pacers i think are a good team and they play well played the Celtics well this year. but Like how many arenas are are getting up off their feet for a team for their team against the against the Pacers? Like this is something you only get with a fan base like what Boston fans have, and it was like that at Fenway Park once upon a time, not so long ago in 2021. Like that postseason in 2021 was absolutely bananas, and like even though, and I know they're banking on this, but even though like there's there it's pretty apathetic around there, and like people are giving less and less of a shit about the Red Sox every day. Whenever they do get good and they will be good sooner rather than later, that environment will come back. I do believe that. But I do I want to go next because my my enough said is also basketball related, also Celtics related. This is just me ready to bitch and moan about LeBron and Anthony Davis because Celtics fans pay tons of money to get into the one Celtics Lakers game you're you're gonna get a season unless they face off in the finals, which we see the Lakers. They are not facing off in the finals. So, this is the one time that you're going to get to see the Lakers come to TD Garden. It's the one time you're going to get to see LeBron James come to TD Garden this year, unless he's traded. Um, but the Lakers today said that Anthony Davis James would miss a game against the Boston Celtics. Anthony Davis's injury is called maybe, maybe Pat, actually, Pat's the right guy to, to, yeah, Pat, you tell me what, what the hell this is. He's got bilateral Achilles. Tendinopathy and left hip spasm, and then LeBron has left ankle peroneal tend ten- tendinopathy, tendinopathy. Okay, we, I, can Pat, I just am I illiterate answer.
1: or something? Like, what the hell are these words? Pat, before them, you answer, the game. I have to ask Pat a question before he answers your question, Gordo. Do they ever like maybe you don't know the answer to this because you don't work for an NBA team or a professional sports team, but like. I feel like the this is load management, and they're just fucking chucking all these words at you. What hyperonius, the Greek uh, god?
2: No, it was a uh, peroneus tendinopathy and bilateral Achilles tendinopathy. Is that what you said? Of course, yeah. Gorda, don't really yeah, check hold on. bilateral Achilles was... tendinopathy and then peroneus tendinopathy. Yes, that. Uh, yeah. So Achilles tendinopathy is um, your calf tendon, like your Achilles, <clears throat> when you do a lot of jumping and running, it gets like super irritated at like, well, I won't get too nerdy. Um it That tendon gets really inflamed and like burns and it hurts to jump and land and run or whatever. So bilateral is crazy. I mean, not uncommon, but uh that's something that like you don't just sit out a game and it's, you're good two days later. That's load management. And it goes for the same for LeBron was uh, peroneus tendinopathy, or peroneal tendonopathy, right? Uh, your peroneal, you don't really have a peroneal. You have a bunch of peroneals. You have your peroneus longus brevis. That runs right on like the side of your shin. And that makes your foot do this, like go out to the side and up like this. -hmm. Um, that's a super weird tendinopathy to have. Um, also not an injury that you really sit out for two days and you're good to go. So yeah, those are both load management. Yeah, so they're which
1: which
4: to my point is bullshit because like this is this is the one like people get out of bed for Celtics Lakers. I don't care if the Lakers aren't good. It's Celtics Lebron. It's Celtics Lakers. Like I saw tweets of people saying they flew in. To boston oh. and bought tickets for this game and and these guys are annou- they the team announces that these guys aren't going to play four hours before tip like that's such crap like you know what this is boston.
1: they probably just hate the city no and the sammy family. you it's want to know what shows. it is uh karen lebron karen and anthony davis on the brow i have an eyebrow oh i'm always hurt because the wind blows too hard do you want yeah. to know what this is sammy
4: This is these guys knowing that they could play this game and they could play however many minutes they want to play, but they're not beating the Celtics. The Celtics are – the Lakers are – the Lakers think Celtics are incredible. The Lakers aren't beating the Celtics, so they're just going to – they know they're going to take the L anyway. You might as well use it to rest up their tendinopathy. Yeah, like that's it. Or maybe LeBron just wants to think a little bit about his recent investment in the PGA. That might get to. Soft. Soft and scared. Soft. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're soft. That was bullshit. Fans, Boston fans deserve better. They've got an awesome team. They deserve to see that team play the best player of this generation. Uh, Pat, you got anything before we before we hop
2: off? Yeah, I'm pumped about the Alex Van Pelt hire. Go Patriots! <laughs> well, oh yeah,
4: Pat's having OC.
2: Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it is official. Um, he worked with Rodgers in Green Bay during those really good. I mean, they went. There was a bunch of years. But the Rodgers, Devontae Adams years, um, he was there when Aaron Jones started to break out a little bit. Um, He is known as a quarterback guy, a player's guy. He runs a West Coast offense, which I don't think the Patriots legitimately have ever run. So we're going to get a whole new scheme. We're going to get a whole new scheme. We're going to get a new quarterback. We're going to have some fun next year. We're not going to run the ball on second and 12. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have fun. Yeah, also, I'm
4: excited. This West Coast offense thing really gets me going. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah I for sure know what that is. And I'm also excited. Uh, <laughs> big shout out as well to uh, Jalen Brown, who just made the yes. All-Star team as a reserve. So that's sick. Look, Boston's got stars. You got Pasta and uh, Swayman in the NHL All-Star game. You got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And there's uh, two injuries on the All-Star team. So you might get Derek White or Chris. Who's, the other, who's the other one besides Randall?
2: Uh, Embiid.
4: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Towards, okay. Towards yeah, Ooh, yeah, I wonder we,
2: if we, does Kristaps sneak in as a replacement for Joel? I hope. Not. I, think, I hope not. Rest him. I hope
4: he. I hope he gets in and doesn't play. He deserves yeah. to get in.
2: But I also hope he the gets in. the Raiders just hired a former Patriot, former Brady backup, Cliff Kingsbury is their offensive coordinator. Oh, that's
4: a fun hire. That's a yeah. fun hire. Yeah, I I could get out of bed for Cliff Kingsbury. But Ooh. Anyway, wow. that has been episode 34. The Rich Garcius episode. not a big podcast. It's a big episode. We appreciate all the fans, all the listeners who sent in questions, who sent in anything they sent in. Like we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys interacting. We love interacting with you guys. Like some of the best parts about doing a show like this is it opens the door for us to interact with other diehards just like us. Like there was times you know when we were kids and like we had friends who weren't like obviously uh, we loved all our friends as kids but like i'm sure like you guys had friends that weren't as diehard about this as you were and it's great that we have this community of people that are as all in on even in the shit as we are so we appreciate you guys uh before we head out remember to rate us five stars wherever you're listening odyssey app apple spotify on YouTube. Rate five stars. Hit that follow button. Hit that subscribe button. Get those notifications when we drop episodes. Helps us out a ton and uh, and gets you that notification, which helps you out a ton. So we appreciate you guys. Love the interaction. We'll definitely do this type of episode again. Uh, for Sammy, Pat, Coop, it's Gordo here. Uh, this has been Play Tessie signing off. Doodaloo.
3: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.